What is up, guys? I'm super excited about this episode. You know, our, our buddy Dave, who's really one of the original followers, J2, he's from Michigan. He reached out to us. First couple of weeks, we've been putting stuff out. He said, you know, listen, guys, this has been really valuable to me. Thank you for the resources you guys have put out, all this kind of stuff. And ever since then, we've been in constant communication. We've checked in with each other. Um, his, his training and just watching him go through his training has been a real source of strength for me as he's, you know, he's doing it alone and, and he's, he's, he's working alone every single day by himself. And that's really inspiring, inspiring for me to see. And, you know, he's, he's a fighter, man. He's not going to let anybody else determine how far his career goes. He's going to be the one to, to go ahead and make it happen. So that, that message really resonates with me. I'm sure it will with you as well. You know, Dave's a great guy. Um, and if you enjoy, you know, we always appreciate the feedback. If you have any suggestions for future guests, if you yourself want to come on the podcast, just let us know. We'll make it happen. This is the Justified Journey Podcast. I don't want to be civilized. Classified with the sex where I don't belong. Here you guys can see I'm pompous. I don't think I'm right, but I know they're wrong. It's not pretension, but get that. Welcome to episode number seven of the Justified Journey Podcast. We're joined tonight by... Dave Zilka, 19-year-old, gap year, tread athletics trainee, jabroni. What's going on, Dave? What's going on, man? Joel, Sam, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks We're very excited to get things rolling. Yep. So let's start with you, basic introduction, your your high school playing career, all that, all that stuff. Go ahead. All right. Uh, probably got a lot to say about this. Uh, but yeah, basically, I'm 19. Um, I'm trained with Tread Athletics. I'm signed on for about a full year. I think that'll run up, run out in about August uh, this upcoming year. Um, but basically, I've got a lot to say about um, my experience with baseball and um, where I want to go with baseball, and really just what I want to do with my college experience too. So uh, I guess I'll just get into it if that's okay with you guys. For sure, go ahead. Just start talking about it. So I mean, like I was never really. Um, the type of like I was never like the guy on any sort of team I've ever been on um, even if I go back to like just like rec baseball when I was like a kid I was never like the guy I was I was, I was always good but I was never the guy on any sort of team um, I can remember the first time I ever tried out for a travel team I think I was like 11 years old um, it was like this local travel team, some like some total bullshit, and they like I got cut and like I cried. I was like, this is like the only time I'm ever gonna be able to play travel baseball. Like, there came a point when I was like in middle school where I was like, okay, I don't really want to be like a wreck baseball player anymore because like I had some buddies that were on like travel baseball teams and I thought that was like the coolest shit ever. So I remember I tried out for like a couple travel teams and like I got cut. And it was just like, oh, it was like, oh, my God, it was, like, devastating. <laughs> um, so, like, bringing it up to, like, 12, 13 years old. I'm a left-handed pitcher, by the way. So that I felt like that's always kind of, like, that's always kind of given me, like, some credibility to myself. It's like, oh, well, okay, he's not that good, but he's a left-handed pitcher. He's got this uh, sort of potential. Um, I remember when I was 13 – um, I finally did make a, make a travel team. It was like some bullshit. I don't even know what it was. It was like a half. It was like a community team. I remember how just how geeked I was um, just to like have that title of like travel baseball player. Like, ooh. 
Um, and then um, I was never really a hard thrower either, which I'll get into. Um, if anybody wants to see some video of me throwing when I was like 12 or 13 or 14, uh, it's out there. DM <laughs> me, it's out there. <laughs> You can DM me. I actually keep a pitching Instagram. At, at DZ Throw, baby. DZ Throw. DZ Throw. You can contact me there and you can send the videos. It's actually still up on YouTube. I'm not going to give away that. I don't, did, don't know how to take it down. I thought I tried <laughs> before, but it's out there, man. My freshman year pitching video that I took. Um, so so what, what, let's get in your freshman year. So. So, yeah, so finally, whenever I played one year of travel baseball, I think before I went to high school. And then uh, it's my freshman year of high school, and uh, I had no sort of, like, direction or path. Like, training, like, if somebody would have told me, like, okay, hey, by your senior year, you're going to be doing, like, online remote training with, like, guys that live, you know, thousands of miles away from you, and you're going to, like, keep your keep track of your progress on, like, Instagram, and you're going to be, like... <laughs> lift like lifting heavy weights and like sounds, throwing sounds pretty these, uh, sounds pretty insane buddy yeah. and like throwing these like multi-colored balls like all that shit yeah. i would have been like oh, oh, okay i was probably five nine 120 pounds soaking wet <laughs> yeah. and for anyone who doesn't know you, you live in michigan right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yep i'm from like the ann arbor area basically we're we're doing this over skype and we met dave through pitching instagram Right, we have, we have never <laughs> we've never met, met you. Yeah, in yeah, real yeah. Life. yeah. Yep. Yep. So. so, anyways, high school ball comes around. I'm assuming you, you're you're on the high school team. So yeah, so high school ball comes around, and there's about there's about 65 kids at my freshman high school tryout. I went to a pretty big school. My high school uh, was actually three high schools um, that were all on one campus. So overall, there were about 6,500 kids that went to these three high schools. Right. But you had like a you had like a home school technically that you played all your sports at so uh there was about 2,000 kids at my high school basically and there were 65 kids that went out for the team which is a lot um and you could ask any of my you know teammates or friends but like freshman year so that was kind of and this was kind of the first experience actually that I had with like nervousness and the yips uh <laughs> in baseball because like we were getting warmed up and we were started to throw and like every ball that I threw was like over a dude's head because I was so nervous. I can remember just shaking up there, bro. It was some it was some crazy shit. I was shaking even just to like play catch. Yeah, that's, and uh, yeah. and actually, uh, shout out to Flama for that podcast last week about. Oh, you like that know, one? Yips is all multitasking. It's that's that's spot on, man. I've never heard like I could never put it into words what I felt when I would when I like airmail a baseball, but that's what it is. It's multitasking. Right. There, yeah, there's always something it's, else. It's thinking on your about mind. it's yeah, it's something it's thinking about something else while you're going to throw a baseball. Whether that's holy shit, what if I misthrow this one, or if it's the coaches that are watching you, whatever it is. Yep. Your mind can't hone in on two things at once so yeah that, that, exactly that was definitely uh definitely a good episode episode number three four and five on the j2 podcast if you, if you haven't listened yet i mean I'd, I'd suggest you check that out especially if you've dealt with any yip type symptoms yep but anyways did you make the team 
I did make make the team surprisingly for how bad it performed, um, and it was fun. You know, it was freshman baseball. I know in the last podcast we had talked about freshman sports don't don't matter. Nobody gives a fuck about freshman baseball mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. But uh, but it was you know it was just a good time with my friend you know new friends and new teammates and stuff. So my sophomore year comes around and uh, it's time to try out for like summer ball teams, and uh, this was actually kind of the first experience I ever had with like velocity, and I was at this tryout for this team, and I remember throwing off the mound and feeling pretty good, and they were like um, they were doing radar gun readings, so I was like oh like I wonder how hard I throw. So I go up after the tryout, and I'm like, can I see like my chart to see like, how hard I was throwing? And I was throwing 57 to 59 on, on, my, on my fastball. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what? 57 to 59 as a 15. I was about to be 16 years old. <laughs> In like two months, dude. Why? Oh my god, you <laughs> suck, bro. I, I, dude. Oh man, it's 57? just the beginning. Fifty-seven to fifty-nine. I think I might have touched a sixty. Dude, topping that sixty, I mean, <laughs> big like, time. So, so obviously, I was like, and if you watch, and I'm telling you, if you guys DM me, I can show you the video. Like, you can see why it's sixty miles an hour. Holy, oh my god. But uh, that doesn't even make oh sense. My, I know, I know, man. Is, and like, and I, and if I, I gave, always, if I gave, listen, if I gave my girlfriend a baseball right now, she would hit fifty-seven. She could probably <laughs> <laughs> at least, yeah. That's, Dude, that's my girl, yeah, my girlfriend could honestly probably pull down sixty-two. <laughs> nah, no, my girl could pull down sixty-four. <laughs> oh, okay. <I'll> <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, <laughs> um, wow, that's really we'll, shitty. We'll All right. So yeah, yeah, what was your reaction when you heard that? Did you want to? Did I mean, you want to figure out how to throw harder? I, I didn't even really know what to think. I was like, I think it was on like a jugs gun, like either way. So I was like, okay, I was like, all right, bullshit, no <laughs> way. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, total, total bullshit. Um, so nothing really happened then. Um, my sophomore winter, and it's like it's crazy now because like I go on Instagram and I see like, I see freshmen that like. You know, train with tread, driveline, or out here at like X2 and all these dope ass places, and they're like pulling down 90. And it's like, like, man, I, I never had, like, I never even thought of that when I was that old. And that's I never even, that's like, definitely interesting to think about because out here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, Southern California in general, it's the same way in Florida, Georgia, Texas. The talent's unreal, man. Talent's unreal, yeah. so you're always exposed to that. If you haven't seen it yourself, you know of guys. When I was going into my uh, ninth grade year, right, so I'd already set, a, or set my shit back to the school. I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to this high school, whatever. Go to the first game, and you have, I think I, on the field, at my high school, that graduating class had all nine guys go D1. Uh, one of the guys just got picked in the third round. We had, I think, six or seven Pac-12 uh, guys, and then the opposing team – um, actually, Harvard Westlake, which is where Liam Douglas, who was on the podcast earlier today, where he goes to school, they had, uh, I don't know if you remember Jack Flaherty, but he was a first rounder in 2014. And that's the same school that had, I think, four first rounders in the last like decade. So the talent out here is stupid. Yeah. And so the yeah. difference, I mean, we both sucked going into high school, but I think the difference for me at such a young age was like, I realized how shitty I was, whereas you were going out there, just you didn't really know what good was. Do you know what I mean? 
Exactly. Yeah, and that's the and that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the how it how it works in the north with you know baseball, Michigan, the whole Midwest basically is that you're never really exposed to guys that have that you know that type type of talent. Like you might see like our D one guys that go that go to schools around here. They're like high eighties. Sure. No, they're definitely you know, definitely yeah. Offs. They, I mean, they're definitely good. They're definitely like D one players and stuff like that. And you can see that because like there's a lot of Big Ten schools. You know that still have you know a lot of success. But, really, really solid programs up there for sure. But, but really, there's uh, at the high school level, it's really it's really bad. I'll be honest. <laughs> you know, I mean, I you know I slid through at a at a pretty major school. We had you know like I said, we had two thousand plus kids. We're one of the biggest schools in the whole state, and I you know I was able to slide through all the way up to varsity my junior year, throwing you know seventy one. So I mean, that's probably pretty unheard of out in California, but that's just that's just the way it goes. Yeah. That's, that's the talent. The depth. There's, talent. there's no real like depth of talent. It's the talent gap. Yep. So, so how did so, your junior uh, year go? So you you said you topped at 71, but were you getting innings? Were you playing a lot for your team? So uh, actually, just kind of backtracking for a quick second, um, my sophomore year, I. That was kind of the that was the last year I actually saw like an actual pitching coach, and it was this guy. It's this former pro. I, obviously, I'm not going to call him out or anything. I'd love to, but I'm not going to. Uh, my buddies who are listening, you know who this is probably, but um, <laughs> it's this former pro who like I show up. You know, he paid charges sixty five bucks for like an hour lesson. And, you know, at the time, my my parents are like, okay, Dave, like you want to be good at baseball, like we'll drive you to like you know, baseball lessons and like, we'll support you. So, you know, shout out to them. They've done a lot for me, you know, the last couple of years, you know, helping me train and helping me do some stuff. Um, helping you not throw 57. Anyway, help, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 60 miles an hour as a 16 year old. <laughs> um, but anyways, this guy, he charged 65 bucks for like an hour. And this, he was just like, it was like towel drill, towel drill. You do you do the towel drill and I'll sit in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll sit in this chair and I'll yell and I'll yell at you to get out in front. <laughs> and it was like that for a half hour for like a half hour lesson. It was probably like 10 15 warm up throws. Then it was pro- progressed to towel drill, um, some like rocking back and forth with the towel drill and then it was <laughs> let's get on the mound, let's get on the mound and let's hammer out those mechanics with uh, what is it? What's the bad? Was it the external? Is that the bad cue or the internal cues? Oh, you know how oh, they yeah, talk like, about like, yeah, yeah. They they they'll say right stuff now. like get to like a, a certain position. Yeah, or, they'll or, say like get to this position and like get the, like move your arm through. Like I don't I don't know honestly. You can you can tap you the can gnome on the head. The, point your uh, dragon whatever dragon nose. Yeah, feed chin the, down. Feed the dragon. <laughs> See, yeah, see the dragon. Like <laughs> Keep your chin down. Like follow. Like throw it in front or whatever the fuck that means. You know. <laughs> but that was the last time I ever saw like a coach like that. So like I think I came into my sophomore year throwing like sixty five, and it was just like it was just natural growth at that point, man. Like fuck, you know. Like at that point, it was like okay, I was like five ten. Like I had to at least throw like. 60s or some shit but uh so that was the last time i ever did that and then i ended up getting cut from that travel team i was on that summer i think i topped 70 at that at a tryout there which i was also kind of like oh, it's bullshit it's a jugs gun bro 
Um, so anyway, <laughs> getting into my junior year, uh, I, I think I came across Driveline first, and that was kind of um, like the awakening for me, where it was like... Seed was planted. The seed was planted, yeah, because I was a junior at that point. I was 16, uh, about to turn 17, and I was like, okay... I'm not going to make the varsity team if I don't make a move, do something, anything. And uh, so I looked, started looking up stuff, came across Driveline. You know, I liked what they talked about. I read the, I read the blogs. I, you know, looked at the plyo balls and got them for Christmas and stuff like that. Got some weighted, some old weighted balls, some like those tap weighted balls or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think every yeah, driveline thrower has come across the, the tap. Yeah, yeah, every yeah, you know what? Every guy that started driveline has thrown tap balls at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like the old specialties. So yeah, the yeah, round the old forth. specialties. Yep. Exactly. That's how you, that's how you that's how you get started on the road to ninety. You start throwing tap balls. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I ended up buying like plyo balls or tap balls or something. And uh, I downloaded like the the program they have online. It was kind of it was kind of it was more basic at that point. About two three two three years ago, it was just kind of a small PDF of like stuff. It never really went into like recovery or even really warm up. But um, just like drills so, and stuff, like uh, yeah, martial yeah. throws and rolling stuff like that. Yeah, basically, I think it explained like the, the five drills, you know, the five basic drills, stuff like that. Got you. And, um, that's a step. So, what was it? Yeah, yeah. It was a step in the right, in, you know, the, a semi right direction. But, um, so I got like a gym membership, I think, at that point, too. I didn't use it, though. I don't, like, I never actually lifted a weight in this gym. I just kind of used it to do my plyos. And I bet, like, looking back, I bet they thought I was so full of shit. <laughs> you know, like, like, just chuck it, like, so basically what I would do is I would I would go into this 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 gym. It had like a little turf area. I you know I'd strut in there with my plyo balls and my weighted balls and I would um I'd drop them on the floor, I'd do some arm circles, probably ten bet forward, ten back, and then I'd pick up a black plyo and just start chucking it against the wall. <laughs> and for those who don't know, a black plyo has uh it, it's two kilograms, so four pounds. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a four pound. That's, that's a lot of weight to just be chucking around. Did you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, experience any uh, early nagging injuries or anything like that from kind of a lack in in uh, real warm up, or was it was it all good? Yeah. So I mean, that lack of like that lack of just what to do once I actually started throwing kind of came back and uh, got me because. You know, just picking up and throwing a plyo ball, it's like, you know, it's not really doing anything for anything. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't even know how to explain it, looking back. Um, definitely need structure and need to progress the drills in a smart way, obviously. But um, I just kind of threw them, saw what, you know, went through that, went through the five drills, and then picked up some weighted balls and crow hopped and threw them as hard as I can. And, uh... I've got some videos of that too. Uh, I think it's me doing a big, huge fist pump and like throwing my glove down after I pulled down uh, 76 with a four ounce ball. 
And you can message me. I can show you that one too. <laughs> I'd love to see that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so all that, so that great program that I kind of did for myself, um, basically got me hurt and it was kind of a self diagnosis, but it was kind of obvious, but, um, like the ulnar nerve in my, in my, uh, in like my lower elbow was pretty puffed up. Okay. So basically ulnar neuritis is the tingling feeling that you have in your ring and your pinky fingers. If there's throwers out there that are that have uh have ever felt that like when you throw in the cold sometimes it'll those issues will come up but uh it was basically like that on like every throw so and it, it was leading like right up to my season so uh that kind of set, set me back the, the gains i was making were kind of held back by that uh, i did end up making the varsity team and i really never pieced it together my junior season uh i still hit and i played the outfield at that point but uh, I never, I never didn't think I pitched at all my junior year. I might have thrown one inning with uh, a couple walks and some hit batters or some eyewash stuff. But um, that was basically a hitter at that point. And I dealt with you know the nagging arm injuries and stuff like that. Taking time off from throwing, I wasn't practicing and stuff like that. But I made it through. And by the time Starball came around. Um, kind of loosened me up and i know we forgot where i had read it or heard it maybe it was from you guys but just how summer ball um everything tends to loosen up like you don't have that pressure of high school coaches watching you you don't have you know there's no pressure to win in a summer team i was on a summer team with all my all my best friends so i mean it was a good time and definitely just kind of that degaff mentality that was the first time i really had had uh, exposure to like a degaff mentality where it's like just going out there having staying fun loose. playing yeah, the yeah, game, yeah. staying loose that's, that's and definitely the best feeling and i honestly think that just the fact that it's in the summer contributes to it because you know at least for me in, in my school when, when it's in the, in the in the spring you know life is life is packed it's tense school is yeah. stressful you're sitting yeah. down you're sitting all day absorbing sitting kind all. of dumb, eight hours dumb a day stuff. yeah it's it's brutal and then you try and go you know, after you're pretty mentally fatigued after a day of school, and then try and go to practice, lift some weights after that, try and get all yeah. your all your eating in, all of your recovery, all of that stuff is is a lot to deal with. And so I feel like when your focus is just on baseball, having fun, enjoying the loose atmosphere of, of summer ball, it, it you definitely. I mean, for me, I play much better in the summers. Yeah, for sure. For f- so yeah, that so that kind of loosened me up. You know, as the summer went on, uh, we were like, we kind of traveled all around. We were actually a pretty good team at that point. Um, and I remember, like, well, this is like a game that just stands out to me. We were in perfect game down in Georgia. We were getting our asses smacked by those southern teams, <laughs> like you talked about. You know, we just can't keep up with those, with those kids that, that throw 90 from, like, 12 years old. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, so we were down there, and I was pitching against some some team. I don't really remember, but I just remember like throwing a complete like gem in that in that game. I threw like, a complete game, had like two walks, bunch of strikeouts, like basically slicing guys up and just degaffing at like seventy three <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> and uh, and DM me like I stuff. Say it again, DM me or just look me up. Look me up on Perfect Game. Uh, all tournament team and 70 to 73 
Let me do that right now. It's there. It's there. <laughs> I think I was. I don't. You have to. You have to tell me what the like. They have like the velocity, like the percentile thing. Oh, dude, you're wrong, like bro. Six. You topped at seventy four, baby. 74. Yeah, you're, you're in the six percentile of your class <laughs> at that point. Six <laughs> percentile. Yeah, man. Yeah, you were one eighty over there. Oh my god. Um. Anyways, so so summer ball's looser, and, and you come back to school for your senior year. Did you put together any uh any a good year that that year, or what happened? Yes. So basically, after that summer, I didn't. I, I was definitely not 180 pounds at that point. I don't know what the, that was definitely a lie, but um. Uh. Anyway, so yeah, my senior year. So that was like a good way to end my summer. Like I was pitching well. Like and that was really when I was like, man, like this is sweet. Like wouldn't it be awesome if I was like yeah. a hard thrower? You know, like imagine like imagine if I could do this, but I threw hard, you know, so that's when I kind of, you know, started getting a little more wise with my training and uh, actually stumbled across Tread Athletics, which I'm still actually currently with. And I signed up for a six month, I think, before my senior year, which was 2016 um, back then. Um, and I got Cone as my trainer. Cone, if you listen to this, just keep killing it, man. Um, and basically, that kind of put me on a path to throw to like make a big statement my senior year because you know with Tread, like you guys know, they do it all for you. You know, lifting, nutrition, all that stuff. Um. They kind of they they kind of kind of guide you, and that was the first time that I really had like direct somebody, like direction in your training, kind of yeah, like direction in my training, like somebody yeah, like somebody I could go to to like say hey, what do you think about this, or like hey, my lifts are stalling, what do you think about that? And it's definitely important if there's anybody out like any any young guys out there that don't really have that kind of uh, kind of people to lean on, like. They're out there, you know. Talk to me. Talk to you know you guys, J two. There are so, and I know that we've talked about it on past podcasts. There's just so many resources out there that are willing to help you and get guys better. There's no, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. And if you're looking for, if you're looking for resources, hit us up. If you want us as a resource, we're here to help. I mean, Dave's yep. here to help. All, all our, all the guys, a part of what we're building, are here to help, and and we're, we're really trying to build up each other. So, I mean, like he's saying, reach out. I don't know about DMing for some old videos of Dave Thorne 57, <laughs> but, but hit us up for sure. And, and that's, that's invaluable in terms of training, you know, that progression, that direction, not having to worry about what you're doing in the gym and just having it all laid out for you. It's yep, huge. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, yeah. Anyways. So from there, that kind of kickstarted the whole process. Uh, basically I went from like 70, 73 and then, by the time my season started, I was like 77, 79. I think I might have hit 80 one time. So that like that was a pretty good, you know, in a six-month period, five, six months an hour. Can't complain about that. Um, and I was pretty confident. I was like, you know, I was like, okay, I kind of, I had a, I had a role on my varsity team because you know, in the north, mid 70s, and you can throw like a curveball will get you out of like three out of four teams. You can pretty much dice up at that velo. <laughs> So, uh, so basically, my senior year, pretty confident, and I remember going out there for the first time. I think we had, we like 
drove down to Florida, about a 25-hour bus ride down there. We had, like, team scrimmages, and I was all confident, and all, you know, all right, let's go, like, ready to dice some guys up. And I did, and then when we got back to uh, Michigan to start our season, things kind of went to shit. Uh, the yips hit again for, like, the third time out of four years. The yips started to hit when I went out there, so. What happened? I kind of. What was that? I'm sorry. What happened? What do you mean they um, hit? What, what 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 triggered it? Basically, I remember it was the first game of the season, actually, and we were just like steamrolling this this uh, team. And I had always kind of been at like at at ends with my pitching coach. Um, he was never like a guy to believe. He was like a towel drill guy, and then like he'd see me throwing. I used to warm up. I used to warm up with like the six ounce in the bullpen when I'd be. I'd like play catch with a six ounce before I started throwing up the mound for the five, and he was always kind of like just. He was always not for that. So I told him I was like, "Look, you're gonna let me do this my way, and you're gonna be proud when you see me dice guys up out there." And he's like, he finally said, "Okay, like you do you." So I finally felt this like I felt this freedom to you know go out there and train how I wanted to train, pitch how I wanted to pitch, but then I felt this, like, obligation to my coaches and my teammates, like, shit, now, if I don't succeed, they're going to be on my ass, and then if they're on my ass, they might not let me throw plyos anymore, if they don't let me do this anymore, they're not going to let me, you know, lift after, pre- you know, they're not going to, like, they're not going to let me leave practice early to go lift or something, like, they were giving me the freedom, I was just worried about, not performing so that they would kind of stop letting me do what I want and I'd have to fit into their, like, kind of eyewash system. You were multitasking pretty hard. I was multitasking really hard. (laughs) Yep. So So was there a specific game or moment where it kind of just, that pressure, you're you're outside, your mind kind of focusing on those uncontrollables and and it all just kind of came together for for the worst? Yeah, so it was that first game. I remember going out there, and that's all that was going through my mind because he had said something I think before I went went out there about the weighted balls or something. He's like, "Come on, like like Mister Weighted Ball or some shit like that." Like, fuck you, dude. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, and like anyway, that just like I went out there and I was like all nervous. I started looking around at the at the stands and I was like, "Fuck." I saw my parents looking, and I'm like, fuck, man, I just trained this hard this whole offseason, and, like, all everyone's watching me now, like, shit, it's the first time everybody gets to see, like, how much harder I'm throwing, like, how much better I am than last year when I sucked ass, and, like, so that was going through my mind as the ball, as the ball's leaving my hand, and obviously it didn't go where I wanted it to go. <laughs> I've I've definitely oh. experienced that. I, I experienced that a little bit at the end of the summer, the beginning of this fall. It's tough, man. It's it's definitely a it's 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 a problem. And the only way you can kind of fix that is just by facing it head on and kind of ignoring the rest of it. And it's a lot easier said than done. And uh, I feel you there, man. I, I definitely you know that gives me anxiety just thinking about yeah. <laughs> your mindset there. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. I think, so, espe- yeah. well, especially for, for you, someone who increased and developed so quickly, like what you said, six months, you, you grew that much. It, you yeah. don't have that solid base. You haven't been doing this for years on years like everyone else. So it's real easy to, to kind of fall behind and then lose some of that from, you know, you know oh, what yeah, I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, and it's easy to, and it's easy to fall, 
to like fall back and slip into like into into old habits too like exactly. sleep Definitely. habits because when you, yeah when you, when you don't when you didn't really prioritize your training you know the first you know i guess 17 years of your life and then suddenly you're like on a strict sleep schedule and you got to eat this much per day and you got to you got to throw you know more than you than you you used to like obviously if you're not always on top of that you're going to slip back into those old habits yeah, it's, it's like the same thing with any any type of like addiction right like we get addicted to our certain routines our certain way of life right so you look at say an alcoholic or, or a drug addict and they go sober and it's kind of like us when we started to really take our training into bear with me this is going to make sense and we started to take <laughs> our training um really seriously right you completely switch your routines and your entire lifestyle and then one re- yep. like if you have one relapse, one night where you say, no, it's, it's okay, let me stay up and watch the extra episode on Netflix or no, no, it's okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just double down on lunch, don't eat breakfast, whatever it is in your, in, in your training, in your lifestyle. The second you relapse like that, it's just, a, it's just a spiral. And you see it, I remember Josh Hamilton's book, I mean, every time he would like take like a, a, just a little bit of drugs, then all of a sudden his whole his entire entire life would fall apart. So you have to just keep once you change something in your routine, just keep that discipline, harp on it every single day, and you have yep. to focus on it. And if you let it lapse one second, it should just starts to, to crumble. Yeah. It's like and, a, it's like and a. And there will be failure. It's always you know two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. Two steps forward. It's oh not, yeah. It's not yep. linear, and you just got to You just got to stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean that's just the part of any process, but. Definitely, yeah. So hitting home on that as far as the routine was concerned. So basically, once that kind of happened and I wasn't pitching as well as I could have, they they kind of came to me and they, they said, well, you know, they like put their arm around me and be like, look, you know, like we know it hasn't been going well for you, but like, don't you just want to like, like just try our way. Like, come on, just like one, you know, don't throw the weighted ball before you go out there. Like, just don't, you know, don't worry about doing this or doing that before or after practice he's like he's like just try it our way for a little bit like you'll see it works like it's simple we'll dumb it down for you just you know fastballs change-ups stuff like that and it'll all be okay so what was the response it was kind of like it was tough because in that situation it was like i know at this point if i tell them no they're gonna gotta get mad and be like well look what you've been doing you haven't been doing shit this season so like why are we gonna keep throwing you out there and you're not gonna you're not gonna do well so it was kind of like a it was kind of like a lie i was kind of like okay like i'll go along with what you guys want but it wasn't really like that. It was sort of like I'd still kind of do it. I just started showing up to practice like a half hour early to like do my plyos and get that stuff in. And they just kind of ignored it. And then uh, actually things got a little bit, bit better as the season went on. Um, I remember one outing where as I was kind of stepping back into like an old flight, like an old offseason form, like a DGAF form. And I know, like, they talk a lot about, like, Flama talks, too, a lot about, like, throwing perfect bullpens and just going out there and shitting the bed in a game. Like, in the offseason, you know, guys can just throw Ched and they feel great and stuff like that. And then as soon as the adrenaline hits, that's it. So um, there was only probably about one time where I kind of flipped that on my head, flipped the adrenaline on my head and said, I'm excited to go out there and pitch in a big rivalry game. And my pitching coach is giving me shit in the bullpen as I'm throwing the six ounce and stuff like that. 
And I go back to the dugout before I'm about to take the mound, and I slam my glove on the ground, and I scream. I'm just like, fuck! Fuck! And then I went out there, and I completely shoved for, like, <laughs> two, three innings. Um, and, and this is something that we're going to see again and again, and it, it's yeah. it's going to be what we kind of take our, our role as. Like, that switch in mindset, the slightest switch just flicks certain fucking hormones and chemicals in your brain and once the fucking once that switch is flicked (laughs) you're a fucking warrior you're not a little fucking 72 mile an hour lefty getting bummed fucking bitched by your high school coach you're a high team machine that might be a good t-shirt by the way high team machine (laughs) but but it's it's such a it's such an unlock and it's such an easily not easily achieved but relatively easily achieved thing to do and and consistently doing it switches and changes everything yep. yep look at look at max scherzer i mean look at kobe look at the great the greats i mean very few of them they're angry they're 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 playing they're with angry. a chill anger chill anger a rage almost yep. and it's it's what we got to embrace well yeah and you talk about that that's what makes them successful I mean, you look at every or almost every athlete has has something they need to do to to be at their best. Like you, you look at football players when they're talking trash; they're not doing it because they're dicks. They're doing it. It's it's because that's what makes them successful. They're they're in that mode of embracing you know, that. Fuck you. That fuck psych. everyone around you. You look at exactly. Yasiel Puig, the guy who's like licking his bat. That's the only way he can be successful when he's just having fun playing the game he loves, and he's not like focused on the fans or or like all tight and your assholes like clenched like. Tiny as fuck. <laughs> you gotta be just loose and lick the bat sometimes, or fucking yell. Whatever works for you. Whatever, whatever lets you play at your best. Yeah. Yeah, man. Be a, be an alpha male. Yeah. You're yeah. not an alpha male. You're gonna get dicked. You gotta be a fucking dog. Ten out, out of ten. There. <laughs> ten out of ten times you'll get dicked if they're harder than you are. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so that was kind of like an unlock. So it was. <laughs> so that just kind of kept the role coming. <laughs> Dude, it, yeah. it, it just it kept so, the roller coaster ride going and then so basically so it was like now i suck now i'm good now i suck now i'm good again and i think like after that outing like the week after i got super sick and then i ended up getting pneumonia Jeez. and that knocked me out for the rest of the year Jeez. basically yeah it was pretty bad it was uh like i stopped showing up to practice like school like i was graduating there was all kinds of stuff going on prom like my girlfriend will will remember me like having like a thirty five minute coughing t- spree on our prom night. Oh, yeah, poor so guy. like, so it definitely kind of fucked up like the end of my senior year, like my senior baseball season. But uh, while I was sick, I kind of uh, took a step back and just like just took a step back and looked at everything that had happened to me in the last four years of high school. With, and as far as baseball was concerned, and I kind of took a moment and I said, you know, this hasn't gone how I wanted my last four years of high school baseball. Um, do I want to just give it up or do I want to keep going for this? Like, I loved, I loved the feeling. And like we've talked about again and again, like you get addicted to that feeling of progress and you get addicted to that feeling of like, just dominating a bitch in the batter's box 60 feet away from you, you know? 
absolutely. Absolutely. And and let's talk. This is where this story really gets interesting, where it kind of separates and varies from the rest of the guys who didn't make it in high school. Mm-hmm. And And, I mean, for those who don't know, you're a guy that, didn't give it up because you know someone told you you weren't gonna play at the next level or, or you knew you weren't gonna play at the next level based off talent you know you're you you took that leap and and we'll talk we'll get into your, your gap year and your decision to get into your gap year but what in your mind what was it just a drive for that that dominance that that adrenaline rush you get on the mound was it something that you felt like if you didn't do you would regret it later in your life what kind of flicked that switch and kind of Planted the seed that in turn created your 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 gap year here. What 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 really made you want to keep playing? Well, that's I mean, sometimes even like even now like I question it. You know, like when you have a bad day, it's like shit. You know, like what am I doing with this? But but um, but obviously there was like there was a point where I said, okay, I'm not that good. I don't throw hard enough to play in college. So why would I bother? And at that point, I already kind of knew I was uh, going to be attending just like junior college. Uh, going going away to school just like wasn't really an option for me. I don't want to say like an, just I don't want to say it wasn't an option, but it wasn't like a priority. So I knew I was going to stay at home, and I knew that I could you know I threw I threw I threw eighty. That's not that's not that bad for you know a Michigan high school baseball player. So. I actually reached out to like a couple junior college schools and talked to them for, for a few and just kind of got an idea of like what they were about. And it was like, man, if I go to this school and play baseball, like it's going to be shitty. It's going to be just, just like it is now. Like these (laughs) coaches don't, coaches aren't going to understand what I'm trying to do. They're not going to, you know, support, you know, what my vision or like what I see myself doing. So it was kind of at a point where I just kind of said to myself, Look, you know, I'm not where I need to be, and I think taking time off of this, stepping back, getting the yips out of you, getting the past four years of, you know, ups and downs, the roller coaster ride that you know it kind of was my high school career, getting that out of your head, getting the yips out of your head, and just training to become this pitcher that I see in my head. And I see it. I see it every day, in my head, of me, you know, being like a dominant pitcher. And it's just this vision that I just can't seem to get out of my head, no matter what I try to think about or do. Like, it's always there. And so I guess that kind of drives me. Just like, just seeing those results and seeing like what I could possibly be is kind of what drives me to reach that potential. Love it. So let's let's talk about like where where are you now? What are you doing now currently? What's your what's your situation? So yeah, so after uh, high school, I kind of chilled out. I had it took me a lot of time to recover from being sick for that long, but uh, once I finally did, it was uh, I had talked to my parents. I was like, look, like I know I had talked about wanting to play college baseball before, but would you guys think if I just like trained? And they were like, what? And I was like, well, what do you think if I just, like, tried to lift a lot of heavy shit and throw shit really hard? Like, what would you guys think of that? And they're like, okay. We sure. dig it. We like, dig it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're going to junior college anyway. Like, 
you got to find some way to keep yourself busy because you know it's not just like you're some regular old college college mom who just goes to school and plays Fortnite, you know, all, all day in their dorm. Yeah. So. Uh, so that, that's where you like, are now. So you 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 got another year of tread athletics. You're training. So we, uh, you're training full time and going to school full time, and that's yep. your life. And and yep. you're not in a team. You don't train with their team. You're Still you're train with team. you're alone training as uh, as the year has progressed. So how's that gone? Yeah, so that's ba- that's basically it. Did a year of tread. I'm doing a year of tread. Um, I go to like a CrossFit box gym, and I just kind of put my headphones in three, four days a week, five days a week, and just kind of lock into my workouts. And then I come up to another place uh, that my high school coach actually owns, and I get my throwing in there. And that's that's basically it. I go to school full time at a junior at a junior college, a D three junior college, and uh, that's that's basically what I'm doing right right now. But uh, definitely the whole aspect of training alone, like it's not definitely not as like sunshine and rainbows, I guess if you want to say like how I had envisioned it. It's definitely not what I thought it was going to be. Like I saw myself just becoming this like this this beast with like no help like i don't need to talk to anybody i don't need to do anything like all i need to do is throw these balls and lift this lift this weight and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do it all on my own but i mean that itself you know comes with a lot of challenges and especially just not you know having someone there to like guide you obviously i have tread i have oh you know people online i can talk to but having training partners or a training environment where people push each other, people get better. I'm sure you guys have built something awesome, you know, at at your high school and with J2, just a group of guys pushing each other to, you know, break PRs and break school records and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, and training alone, we, we've talked about this in the past, you know, there's something in, in all of us that, that searches out for, for for that tribe, for a group of brothers, for a group of people around you um, to kind of go about life together. That's kind of how we're, we're made. And so that's really what we're about, man. I mean, we've had, you know, we, we've had this discussion before, but let's go back to like pitching Instagram, for example. You know, you're not on there. I mean, we weren't really, I mean, we were... We, this is how we got onto it. So like we wanted to track our progress on Instagram. I know you probably felt the same way, but what it really was for us and what I think it is for you, it's just comforting to know that there are other guys that are just like you going through something similar, right? Exactly. I, it's yeah. we. I know I, you obviously were. I was a loner on my high school team in terms of players, coaches hating on all of the extra stuff I was doing in practice after practice. Um, all of the training I would go through, they thought it was stupid. And, and it's, you might, you start to kind of get something like, maybe this is stupid, you know, I'm still not very good, whatever it is. But to know that there's other guys just like you out there going through their training and you put it on a, a platform and, and you're able to connect with each other and look at each other's, you know, progress and, and, and it's inspiring and it, and it pushes you to be better. Better And that yep. once we yep. meet, once talking about Sam and I, we went up to driveline and we felt the energy, right? The camaraderie in our house, the brotherhood, 
the the yep. feeling of, of what it's like to to be able to go to a place every day and and look to your right and you see a collegiate pitcher who just had surgery and he, if he doesn't throw hard and, and well now his career is over you look to your left another guy is just putting all of it out there and just going after it and and we came back right and and this is what you're probably going through now and, and it's what we had to adjust to when we came back but there's just not that environment there's not that culture yep and yep. and and so basically what i'm trying to get at here is there's value in camaraderie and it's it's a very difficult process to go through training alone and to know that there's other people like you there's people that can support you whether that's in a facebook group a text text messaging calling i mean we've spoken on the phone before um, we, we've we've definitely communicated before, and that's just so so great to have, honestly. Yeah, it it it's it's been probably like my greatest resource pitching Instagram. You know, just meeting guys that are like have that same struggle. It's what well, it is. It's just it's just a struggle to be better. And I never really knew. I always like. I always used to think like I'm the only one that's going through this right now. I'm the only 17 year old out there who doesn't really get a lot of playing time on his varsity team and throws slow, and just uh, like ha- kind of has arm issues. Like I'm the only one in the whole world who's going through this, and it's like it's awesome to see guys that just that just are going through the same thing. Even guys that are younger than me, like I check up, like I'm on there a lot. Like I check up on these guys like routinely and just see how they're doing and just like make sure that they're making progress on like on their lifts and like that they're like hitting, they're like eating and stuff. Cause you know, these guys that come up behind you, like you don't want them to make the the same mistakes that you made. Right. That's what, what we're building is, is a brotherhood, a fraternity in which we ourselves are there for each other and push each other to be better. But at the same time, we can start bringing up these younger guys, these sophomores, these freshmen, and yep. give them what we never had, right? We, I, I started doing this late, late sophomore year. Same with me and the same with Dave. Same with you and, and same with, I mean, all the guys up at Driveline, they got into it late, you know, in their high school or, or early in their college careers. And it's just something where if we can start fixing the culture early on, you know, start getting them to realize there's there's other people just like them that, that want to go ahead yeah. and play in college and stuff. That That's really what it's all about for us. Yeah, and there have been countless times where we were like, all the resources we found, everything we've learned now, junior, senior year, if only we had had it when we were 12 or 13. Yeah, exactly. How, yeah. Much, how much better would it be <laughs> in every aspect of our life? And we just want every kid out there who's struggling to to have that opportunity and, and never think that same thought where you know what if what if i would have seen this earlier you know we want yep. them to have the all the uh, all the tools available to turn them into just absolute beasts on and off the field for sure and yeah and and if you wouldn't mind uh i remember a, a couple of weeks ago months ago whatever you read that book tribe by sebastian junger and you said something interesting where it's like you know, you feel like you're alone, like you're the only one going through through this, and it's kind of a, a lonely process, um, and it's a struggle for you in, in, in trying to relate to others. How do you relate that to to that book? And, and if we can talk a little bit about that that book, Tribe, I mean, it's had a huge impact on our, our lives, and I want I want to hear your take as well. 
Yeah, that was definitely. Uh, I actually got that book from you guys when you guys put it out on your blog. Um, so thank you for that. That was J2 definitely performance. awesome. J2performance.us if you want to check out the website. It has a blog on there. Yeah, there was definitely uh, – that was definitely something because I'm always like – I don't want to say I'm always like searching blogs and for shit to read. But I like was looking for like a new book to read that kind of would relate to like training, lifestyle, whatever. Um, and that, that, that was the one that I came, came across and read to And I blew through it in about two days. I could not put that thing down. Um, but yeah, so basically um, that book talks about – and what really stood out to me was when they started talking about – how it's it goes against human nature to be like to live like a hermit to like live alone to be alone to not be or socialize with other people like you see so many people doing in society right now you know you can have people you don't have to talk to a single person all day you can work at you can work at your house on your computer and then you can go play your video games all day you can order food in now. They'll deliver it right well, to your well, house. Well, even further than that, you can go through your entire day and, and go to school and go to work, come across hundreds of people and not have any true yeah. connection with any of them, which exactly. is something different than like what we're supposed to be, whereas we would do everything together. We would live together, eat together, hunt together. Now you can you can go through your whole day and have no real, even if you're having conversations, there's no real connection there. You're talking about pointless shit. You're wasting time. You're, you're on, you're on, you know, your phone while you're, while you're talking to them, you're not paying attention in in class and really absorbing anything. And, and that is, uh, that's dangerous. You know, that's, that's definitely dangerous for, for mental health. And, and it's like, like you're saying, it just goes against nature to have no real social connection. Yep. And it goes, and it goes, that stems into like, into war and into the PTSD thing, the chapter that they talked about uh, in there about how, you know, veterans that come home from uh, the, from combat, not even combat, combat, just, just, just in units and in platoons. They lose that, that deep brotherhood. And I don't know what it's like to be, you know, part of a, part of a war or in the military, but um, the brotherhood, I, you know, everybody kind of knows that, a group of soldiers or a platoon, you know, those guys are together literally fighting for our freedom every single day. So when you come home and the only thing you have are just awkward social, you know, awkward well, shit. when you come home, when you come home and see people arguing about stupid shit or complaining about the fact that what do people complain about? They got to do the dishes. Yeah, you know, fuck. I gotta go to the store and get some milk that someone worked their ass off to to make for me. Like, like those guys, I can't even imagine what they feel like when they are literally seeing their brothers get shot next to them, and then they come home the next day and people don't even realize what's going on. Yeah, they just go. Yeah, or people that will you know slander the 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 war that they had just fought you know like like there's people who just it means absolutely nothing to them like we shouldn't even be fighting this war like and then there's people who you know literally have given given their lives and have given like everything to this cause and nobody you know 
nobody cares. We're detached. So that's part of the problem is detached. What, what he's getting at is like when we when we accept these guys back into our society, we're so detached from their their experiences that we can't possibly relate to what they've been through. And on a much on a much smaller scale, it it really uh it connects with what we've gone through in in not the sense of of uh, of size and of impact. Obviously, serving in a combat unit under enemy fire. Seeing guys get hurt, get get wounded, get get killed is is a much, much different thing than going and, and training with a bunch of guys over the summer in a house together. But the result is is similar when you come back and reintegrate into society where no one else is connected the way we were in the Ken house. No one else has those personal connections with people. They they're only in it for themselves. They they use the relationships as a means to get something out of it versus a true brotherhood and a true tribal atmosphere which is serving each other for a greater overall purpose and i think that that uh can can directly relate to to like what you're, like what you're saying man the those guys that come back after serving and and see what kind of mess we have in our society exactly and i think what we're seeing here uh, after you've come on the show after we've had you know uh, john sheffy's episode i don't know if you've listened to that dave but John's a guy who's, who's, I mean, bizarrely similar story to yours. I mean, this is a yeah. lefty who didn't throw hard, and now he's training over at Driveline and working there as well. Yep. Um, and I think the interesting thing between both of your stories is that you decided to train on your own, not because it was some gift, some talent that that you were given or, or something you've, you're naturally good at, but you decided to train on your own for that um, and part of it's competitiveness and seeing how far your career can go and no regrets type mindset. But I think the other part is almost like this want and reach and strive for, for struggle and then the unbelievable rush of fighting through that struggle and coming out on top on the other end. So if you can yeah. kind of just dis- dis- describe some of your victories over the last you know, 8 to 12 months, um, kind of what you're really in it for in terms of you know what, what what's your – What's your purpose? Why, why are you even in this thing? Why are you continuing to train even though so many people have told you that you're just not cut out for this? So, I mean, basically, it's been, I think, a pretty big, you know, I think I've made leaps and bounds as far as um, my career over the last year, 8 to 12 months, um, whatever you want to call it. But um, at this point, the goal is to really just throw as hard as I possibly can and then uh, look for a school and a group of people that can li- that I can line up my way of thinking with their way of thinking and just like that you know you've got another brotherhood or you've got another uh, just a group of guys that I can lean on and train with and just become better with and Definitely, some of the some of the victories I've had over the last eight to twelve months, they've been it's been like totally awesome rides sometimes, and it totally sucks sometimes. And you guys know how it is with the with uh, training for uh, VLO and really just trying to become better at anything. Like this, obviously, a pretty big big uh, struggle. But right, it's not a linear progress. Yeah. Uh, more recently, I guess I pulled down ninety for the first time. It was like a couple couple weeks ago. Yeah, I remember uh, you, text, that, you texted me about that. Yeah, I texted you like yeah, two that was weeks awesome. ago and told, told, told you that. I was pretty excited about that. Um, 
And then just in the weight room, you know, getting after it in the, in the weight room. Definitely would like to have somebody to train with because when I see you guys out, out here posting like in your, in your guys' weight room and you're, and you're sniffing salt and then <laughs> you're sniffing shit and then hitting like PRs on a bench press, it's like, man, that'd be kind of sweet to have. Yeah, and it's tough. It's tough to do alone, but you know that's what we're really trying to show. We're really trying to show to inspire other guys. And what's what's been really awesome is that we've had not just baseball guys in there. We've had track guys. We've had. I mean, it's um, interesting to see like how similar the workouts are, right? Like eighty-five percent of what we're going to be doing across all sports is in terms of the weight room is the yep. exact same thing, yeah, literally. And it really exactly. doesn't even matter what you're doing. It's it's all about the culture. The culture. The culture. Just giving it your fucking. And dude, I I I was I mean I hadn't done it for for a year, but I remember probably four four months last spring of going in and doing it alone, and that shit is actually for me a little bit depressing. Like, is it? it it's it's really it's it's, it, it is truly a difficult thing. You know, at the end of the day, you're tired. If you decide today's the day I quit, nobody will give a fuck. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I could stop. I could stop showing up to my gym to the CrossFit, the box that nobody, I go to. Nobody would fucking notice. Everyone's doing fucking kipping pull-ups and <laughs> trying to overhead doing overhead squat when they can't even like. They can't even like bend down and. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast episode. Like the fucking eyewash you see at these public gyms or at a CrossFit. (laughs) Oh my god! Holy shit, dude! It is the funniest shit. You know what? (laughs) Give me your guys' Snapchats, and I'll send you videos like every day. (laughs) Anyways, anyways. Um. Um. Anyways, where was I? What did I just say? Shit, I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. No. Just like. Going at it alone, um, it okay, does yeah, suck. Yeah. Anyways, it going at suck. it, going at it all alone, um, like <laughs> it's just crazy. Like and going at it alone yeah. in the way that like no one has anything riding on you. It's purely for yourself right now. It's purely for you. Yep. Because if I stepped away from this tomorrow. I could, like I said, nobody at my gym would probably your, notice. Your parents would support you. Your friends would enjoy would. the extra time you can spend partying. Yep, I still and... have my friends. I still have my girlfriend. I'd still, you know, I'd still be going to school. I'd still be working towards whatever I'm going to major in, and life would be okay. It'd be probably be pretty normal. So why? I'd still why? I'd still have a job. Why do you do it? And you know, that's that's like that's the question, man. That's something that sometimes I still feel like I'm trying to answer as, you know, I try to take it day by day and just try to get through each workout or each each throwing session or each pull down day. Yeah. I mean I mean you've come so far. It's almost it's almost as if it's all and I don't wanna say it's almost as if like I've came so far so so why stop now? Because, because I do love doing it. I do love training, and I do love seeing the results of, of uh, you know, becoming a stronger, more efficient thrower or a stronger person mentally. You know, the the mental, the mental side of the uh, the gym is pretty over overlooked too. Just the beast that you can you can tap into when you're it's in the addicting. weight room. It's addicting. 
But I think really it just comes down to like to where I've seen the potential in myself. You want to go can, squeeze it out? And I want to go squeeze it out. And then I can't and then I wouldn't be able to just turn away and live what you know what people would call like I guess a normal college life. I wouldn't be able to just turn away and forget about all that without emptying the tank at this point. Yeah, it's a blessing. You know, if I'm not gonna, yeah, like if I'm not gonna do it, then you know, if I'm not gonna do it at this point, it's like, then why did I even try in the first place? You know, just how, with. How do you get over the, like the self doubt? How do you get over, you know, a, a day where things don't go your way? And you start doubting your mission. You start doubting what you've been doing all this time you've been putting in. How do you put that away and decide to just focus on, you know, the next few years here or, or, or the future or, or, or stay, stand firm in your faith that the mission will, will be accomplished? How, how do you do that when you're alone and, and shit's not going your way? Well, luckily, I mean, luckily I do have, you know, people that, that know what I'm doing that, like, have that – um that understand what I'm doing. I've got a buddy that goes to school at a D3. You guys actually might end up playing them. Do you guys play Marietta College? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you, I got a buddy that's on the on the on the uh, team there, and when he's home, we 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 do train. Uh, we do train, and it's pretty sweet, you know, to have someone there to finally like lift and throw with. But uh, you know, I talk to them. I even talk to my girlfriend. I'll, I have her, you know, I have her like. Sometimes she'll step on my shoulder, like, you know, work out, like, horizontal abduction. <laughs> Ever seen that? Or, like, step on your, like, chest, and she'll, like, rub it all out. Like, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got people that help me, you know. It's not, it's not just all me. To kind of lean but, on. But, but I guess you're kind of right. When it's just when, you know, when I sit in my bed, when I sit in my bed and I think about the past day or after a shitty pull-down day or after, after a tough lift, you know, when I'm running low on sleep and stuff like that. Uh, there's definitely a lot of self-doubt and there's definitely a lot of things that uh, I think your mind tries to tell you that that just aren't true. Like, it's just... And it comes down to just having the discipline to put it behind you, you know? Like, I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko. Yeah, I read it. Jocko Willard? Um, yeah, so basically that's like that's like an unlock book dude that book unfucks yourself honestly that book will unfuck yourself listen listen to one jocko podcast episode and you're set yeah oh yeah for sure for sure you listen to that before you like when you wake up in the morning you're just it's high tea all day (laughs) yeah Um, uh, well i just want to add another thing with that self-doubt when we had john sheffy on the podcast i think he said one of one of the most true things I heard and I've learned from doing this so far was that the days where he felt the worst and he was the most upset were the days that made him realize that like this was worth it and this was something that he wanted to do. And exactly. I couldn't agree more with when, that. When you're upset and when you feel like like shit, that means that what you're doing, you care about. Yep. And you, yeah, and that, that's, that's at the end of the day, that's it, it's definitely rewarding to know that you know you're you're doing what you want to do you're you're you didn't let the conventional 
the conventional advice that, that we're all given get in the way of you going ahead and, and going after your dreams and going after not even your dreams, just going, going after what you enjoy. Yep, I think exactly. that's really special. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really glad that we kind of came across each other on, on social media because that's just, just stories like that just inspire the hell out of me and, and just really make me hungrier and, and, and really want to, you know, go achieve something great, not just for myself, but for guys with you and guys like you and, and do it for you because we're together in this, man. Yep, we're all in it. Yeah. Uh, Common struggle. Yeah, absolutely. We had a guy in here earlier today, Liam Douglas, who podcast will come out soon. And he's, you know, awesome guy, put a lot of work in. But, you know, he's he's a, he's a freak athlete in one way or another. He's 6'5", 270, 280. And, you know, it's, 285. it's awesome. 285, sorry. It's yeah, awesome to hear his story, but I will never be 6'5", 285. Joel will never be 6'5", 285. Dave, you will never be 6'5", 285. So as awesome yeah. as it is to hear his story of, you know, whatever it is, he will never be one of us who were absolute dog shit and built <laughs> Just ourselves. Out, yeah. He, you Just, know. I remember me and Sam. I remember me and Sam, our sophomore year, right? We, we started throwing together once, I mean, once a week, something like that. Yeah. And I remember telling him one day, I said, man, how many kids from our neighborhood have ever played, you know, baseball in college? Because, you know, we're, we're, we're from like a fairly like super liberal, like really not competitive type of mindset. And, and that's what we were kind of raising, I'd say. Anyways, like, like my parents, everyone around us, be too, totally cool if we just decided to hang them up one day. But what if... Yeah. We didn't do that. What if we took a stand and made ourselves great and then everyone kind of knew us as those guys that 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 went ahead and just went and just made it happen? And the fact that the fact that we've done that so far and and obviously we haven't done much, but we've both guaranteed ourselves a, a chance to play, an opportunity to play in college. I think that's special and I think that alone can reach people. Like when you go ahead and when you get your offers, whether that's at a D3, another JUCO, a D2, whatever it is, or a D1, by the way, when you get your offers, I mean, how many kids are going to see that and just, how many how many 15-year-olds that were like you are going to see your account, scroll down to the bottom and look at some fucking shitty see mechanics, weakness. 57, yeah, 57 bro. 57. <laughs> God, this fucking kid. If this guy can do it, if if you can go ahead and do it, That's anyone can do it. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Fuck, you know what, dude? After as soon as this podcast drops, like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to post it now. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to post it on DZ Throw. DZ Throw, baby. It's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. It's gotta get out there. That 57 mile an hour shit and my my 76 mile an hour pull down too that I. Through, through the glove and like hugged my dad or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I uh, I remember celebrating a, a 79 mile an hour pull down. I remember celebrating 75 off the mound. Fuck yeah, dude. Year and a half later, I remember <laughs> hugging. I remember hugging my dad after throwing 91 on the mound. And it's like there's so many days of just straight garbage. Garbage of. But it- of, I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to do this. Why am I here? I'm the only one in here right now. Yeah. Like, I could put it away and go home right now. But when you don't do that and you 
fucking trick your mind and you do it day by day by day by day and nobody else is doing it nobody else is looking at you no one else notices you you're the only guy doing it and you look up and you're throwing 90 miles an hour it's a fucking special feeling and, and you would trade in a thousand of those shit days, days for, for one that one moment one that moment one dad hug that one yeah whatever man. it is yeah that's what it's all about that's, man, that's I got, why it's worth it I've got tears in my eyes right now man like yeah. Jesus I can't I can't wait for it. all these stories are I, I know it's crazy Jeez. man like the same thing like we're all hugging our dads after pulling down 80 we're all but you know but we're just it's just it's such a celebratory feeling and like i'll go home after those days like like when i pull i I pulled down 90 with like a three like two weeks ago or something i was all hype about it like now it's fine now it's like okay where's where's 90 with the with the five with the six the, ne- the next day, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Exactly. The, the, next, the next day, it doesn't matter, but... And, it, and, and it's just it, a fucking... And then after, that, after that high, you want to go chase it again. Yeah. Yep. That's what's that dangerous about it. Go home and eat a big steak, and just oh, yeah. life's, life's good. And it just... Well, you said it makes up for those 1,000 shitty days where you doubted yourself, and where you, where you, where you almost quit, where you almost went home early, you skipped yeah. your accessory lifts, you didn't get your calories in, you didn't get your sleep, you almost did that, but you didn't, and it makes up for all of that. And it's so, I mean, this conversation right now, if there's someone here left left listening to this podcast that that doesn't play baseball, it's so applicable to your life. To anything. Getting after what you love to do and going and doing anything you can to go improve on that, it is the best feeling that this world has to offer. Honest, Honest to God. I mean, yep. pick up anything, man. It, it's I, I, even even in, in in the podcasting right now. You know, when we start to reach more people, um, and more people get to listen to to our message, and more people start to send in, you know, whether it affected their lives or if they learned something from it. It's so rewarding coming from two guys who just yeah, well, the one message special. that says it helped them help them out. Makes the yeah, countless hours of editing Do- doesn't even matter. Doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, I mean, countless hours, whatever. One guy gets something out of it. All of a sudden, a couple couple guys, couple hundred guys. That's special, man. That's what makes it all worth it. Yeah. So so Dave, but before we wrap up here, we talked a little bit about tribe. Um, are there any other? You know, you said you're into reading. Are there any other books that you've read that have kind of helped you along this journey that you'd like to share? Or, or podcasts um, or, or Instagram accounts, whatever. Uh, definitely the Jacko podcast. Mm. You guys, you guys have put me on to some 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 pretty crazy shit lately. Jacko podcast, uh, extreme extreme ownership, extreme ownership. Which is also by Jacko. I'm actually reading that right now. I'm probably just about to go finish that up. Hardcore Wakanda. Yep. Hardcore Wakanda. Ah, oh, come on, Dave. Sam, hardcore Wakanda. I'm not getting there, man. I'm not getting there. Hey, don't spoil no the book for me. No fucking slack. Hardcore Wakanda. No fucking slack. That's it. That's what you're supposed to say, Dave. No, fu- no fucking finish, slack. Gotta, fin- gotta finish the book, man. I'm on like, I'm on like, I don't even know what chapter I'm on. I'm on like, <laughs> fuck, I don't even know. You'll get it. You'll get that. You'll get it eventually. You know I'm, I'm I think I'm. Guys. I think it was probably yes. 
Jocker podcast number two about face. Uh, the book uh, written by, I think it was Colonel David Hackworth. Hack, yeah. Um, go listen to that right now. But but anything, any other resources? Um, yeah. So besides that, uh, just the basic the basic baseball ones, Tread Athletics, uh, Driveline Baseball. Doctor Heaton puts out a lot of good stuff. For sure, a lot of quality content. Uh, Eric Cressy, and then you know if you're ever thinking about like. If you're ever thinking about doing anything, like if you ever want to just track your progress on anything, if you ever, you know, if you ever need like people to talk to, someone to, you know, try to guide you on a journey of like, I don't want just self-improvement in general, you know, pitching Instagram is probably like the best resource that, that I've come into. You know, I've got, I've got group chats with guys, all kinds of different accounts, just go through the guys that I follow uh, uh, DZ throw like there's just some there's just some guy so many guys out there I'm just trying to think off the top of my head Bill Miller uh, oh, baseball yeah, Bill P- Miller baseball yeah, yeah yeah at Bill Miller uh, baseball uh, baseball PDS we were thinking about getting um, we were gonna DM Bill Miller should we do it I, I'd love yes, to get him on the podcast definitely yes definitely DM Bill Miller what uh what have you come across like have you have you talked to him before uh, I think I talked to him one time, like on DMs, I think on Twitter, talking about. I just asked him, I just had a question about his like, his like speed workouts that he's always working with. Oh yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Those like explosive workouts that he's got on there. Yeah, he definitely puts out a lot of good content. Um, like I said, baseball PDS. More, I think for more if you're a hitter, for that, uh, the Velo Farm puts out some good shit. For sure, that's a cool. That's a cool account. That's uh, what's uh, Ryan Steiner. Yes. Ryan Steiner, I think it's Brayden and Ryan. Oh I think. yeah, those are great guys. Um, yeah, love it, man. And and, and then, oh, go ahead. And then from there, you know, from there you'll you'll find plenty of other plenty of other people that are out there that and, get, and, put out so much free info and so many guys doing drills and guys you know figuring it out. FIO, just so many guys that are achieving success and when you see that you kind of get addicted to that too you're like man i want i want what this guy's doing so that kind of pushes you too for sure and you're uh you're at dz throw for the dz throw for the uh throwing pitching account uh what's your what's your other instagram what's your twitter uh my twitter is at dzilka 98 and instagram is dave underscore zilka or like i said dz throw that's Z-Y-L-K-A. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Well, it was a pleasure. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you. All right, awesome, coming. man. Yep, thanks for having me on. It was awesome. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please copy the link, share it with a friend. We're really excited to share uh, an, uh, a podcast this upcoming week with uh, offensive lineman from Harvard-Westlake High School in, in Los Angeles. He's committed to the University of Southern California, and he only started playing football 18 months ago. So that's quite a story. Liam Douglas is an inspiration to all of us and and we're excited to share his story this week that's basically all I got so signing off for, for Dave for Sam for myself this is the Justified Journey Podcast out